0: Hey everyone, this is Fashion Let's Talk Podcast. I am your host, Sharonda, and today we have an amazing show for you. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, someone I respect so much in this industry. He is a brand and image consultant. For the couture man, I want to introduce you guys to Lamar. So stay tuned. He has so much to talk about on what it is that he does and how he really is like a lifestyle therapist for the stars and even brands. So stay tuned, listen in and enjoy because I know I will. I'm excited. Lamar?
1: Uh, now I can hear you.
0: Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't hear you through the phone. It was so
1: low. I was like, Jesus.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad we made it. Okay, so I don't want to hang up. I'll okay. just edit this a little later, if anything. Um, Fantastic. All that we're saying right now. Because I don't want us to go through that again. So we'll just start from right now. Is that okay with you?
1: Of course, I'm on your
0: time, dear. I love you. You are the (laughs) (laughs) bomb.com. Okay, thank you. Well, let me start. Welcome to Fashion Let's Talk podcast. I am your host, Sharonda, and I have a special guest today, the contour man. Um, Lamar, I am so happy you are here. You don't know how excited I am to even have you on here to discuss all that you're doing. But before I go any further, I just want to really just highlight how amazing you are.
1: <laughs> oh, MG. Thank you so much, Sharonda. I'm so humbled. I'm glad to be here on a uh, fashion Lust talk,
0: you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually we do this anyway. We have such a great chemistry when we go into fashion. So it's the same thing here on fashion less we're very transparent you know we have such a comfortable dialogue talking about what we love which is fashion and all things (laughs) attached to it so before we go any further i just want to allow our fashionable audience to get a quick brief of who you are where you came from all that you do just break it down for us tell (laughs)
1: us (laughs) well um I'll start with actually my company. I am the principal of the Couture Man LLC. I love this. are an um, image consultancy and a lifestyle advisory group. Right. So we do business in New York City, Palm Beach, Hampton, Greenwich, LA, and some international cities as well um, for our clientele. Um, What I usually describe us as is a, um, we create creative end of client relations using strategic branding. Mm, Our specialty. Yes. Along with being able to consult um, on makeup, hair, wardrobe, and home decor. Mm,
0: So you basically help define a person's luxury lifestyle you help them yes figure and it's it not out. just the person yes. um
1: most times i do deal with a uh, private clientele which be you know a c-suite executive yes. um, and above but i also do do um branding activations and um executive incentives and things of like that for can corporate you, brands.
0: Can you give a little bit more detail and describe what that looks like for the audience who may not be familiar with all that comes along with that? Because, you know, a lot of people, they they hear the titles, but they have no clue. You understand? <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't know all that comes along with it. And it's so many departments that you tackle so if you could just give our audience like a, a breakdown of what that looks like on a daily basis oh
2: um, well
1: we're boutique service so right. we are intimately entwined to what the need of the client is so there is no real general um type of one way or cookie cutter template that right. we really handle our clients um Our purpose is to really educate and present curated options for the client. Mm. You know, so we explore like a variable of opportunities, resources to create that wellness and balance of the lifestyle that they desire. Right. So if it's image is kind of like rebranding or creating an effortless wardrobe, or, you know, a lot of times some of my clients have had divorces and they're like, I need to be reborn again. So it I love it, it has to have to a purpose. Am. Yes, it has to have a purpose.
2: Right.
1: And um the lifestyle advisory is a little bit more um thorough. Uh you know, I may handle a whole family, the wife, the children, the, the husband in the mistress
0: <laughs> I love that I love that you're you're like the style therapist <laughs> yes and it's interesting because clients
1: do um when you're hair or makeup and
0: um, a barber um you're also the therapist yes it's so personable it's and like you know everything their flaws down to a pimple
1: You understand, like... And they allow, and they feel vulnerable and you're their safe space. And that is what um, is one of the key um, the key marks that I like the couture man to always hit is to be trustworthy. I mean, if I I was ever broken, believe the stories and the things that I know or have been told (laughs) and, and, you know...
0: (laughs) That's why I say it's like a therapist, because they put so much trust in you to basically help guide or escort them to this new experience, this new life. You're revamping not only a person's life, but their corporation, their brand, everything like you really help develop. Um, yes, it's
1: all about relationship and what the target goal is. Right. But you got to be a good listener. That's number yeah. one, because it's not about you. You know, right. yes, I'm a creative. Yes, I have ways that I like doing things. But at the end of the day, if the client is
0: not happy,
1: that's right. you are in the wrong. Right.
0: It's funny because. We're in an era where everyone have this entitlement Mm -hmm. attached to them. And it's definitely good to have self-love and know the value that comes along what you do. But I love how you just said, you know, you got to make sure that your clientele gets what they want. You're listening to them. You have a clear understanding of what's going to work for them. And they're always right. I feel like that is old money Mindset. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to say. Old money mindset, because you understand that your clientele is paying for a high end service. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in, you know, catering to you (laughs) at all. You understand? Their way of catering to you is the budget that they graciously give you. (laughs) But it's all about making sure your client is happy with everything that they present to you, and you've always been good at that. How long have you been specializing in this industry and and doing what you do? Because you really created kind of this feel, this platform for the luxury clientele. How long have you been doing this? Uh. I mean, I've,
1: I've really evolved. I am a makeup artist and a wardrobe stylist from a profession. Right. And some of my clients are from that time where I used to work for the makeup companies. I worked for Matt, Christian Dior, Laura I Mercier. Love it. I love it. And got my starting at Sephora. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And my clients, would, when I left a company and go to another company, my makeup artistry clients would just follow me. It wasn't the (laughs) brand. It wasn't the brand. It was you. I would be able to find them the right products in whatever brand I was working with.
0: You know, I hope the audience is really grasping what you're saying because it's so important. You know, we represent a lot of different brands, but the client is trusting us it's Mm -hmm. us that they're really buying into because we're authentic we're trustworthy and they know that whatever we present to them they can trust that you're taking in consideration of their personal needs and when i think of you i you know i just want my audience to know you know, where you started from. And when they look at your skin, because we always talk about (laughs) when they look at your skin, they would understand why your clientele trusts you. Oh my God. So well, because you are so informative on the, your client's skin texture, like just like on every aspect. When I say this down to the skin, it's the skin, the lifestyle, the need, the want, the brand, their corporation. Like you tackle them personally, their needs personally. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like you have so much longevity in this career. My
1: goodness. Thank you. Thank you. You know, to hear it from a colleague and a peer yes. means a lot because it's not like you don't know Expectation and the standards in the trash. Right,
0: (laughs) right. This is what I'm trying to tell you. You You understand?
1: So it's very humbling and amazing to hear your such kind words. And you know, I've never really, really thought about how long I've really been in the industry. But it actually, you know, I've been doing this for probably ten years or so.
0: Listen, it's weird because when you look at you, you look so young and your skin is just so flawless. So you look like you just woke up into this industry, honestly. <laughs> like you just woke up and here I am. But you are a true vet in this. Like you've like you said, I've been at Sephora, I've I've paid the way. I've studied the industry. I've connected with many people. What led you to so many different avenues. Can you just explain, you know, you started mm-hmm. out in the makeup industry and the fashion, yes. but you elevated so far, you know, and life. Can you explain some of the new things that you've been tackling into, even with the hospitality industry, the corporate mm-hmm. industry, like just explain all of that. Well, I would say foremost, it's my faith
1: mm. that um sustains me and propels me. I um, love that. Without that, I don't really, you know, I come from Camden, New Jersey. I am not really? a silver spoon. Yeah, I'm not a silver spoon person, even though quite a few people in the in, in New York think that I'm a trust fund kid.
0: (laughs) Because you were raised in a loving environment. You understand? like You were raised feeling loved, knowing you were loved. And I get that too. A lot of people just feel like, okay, you grew up in this this perfect situation. I'm like, baby.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's very different. It's very very different.
0: And I tell people
1: I am a unicorn because of I like that. I don't, there, I couldn't even say, oh, um, here is an example of what I follow to get to where I am.
0: That Mm. is
1: not how my
0: career and my. um, There was no yellow brick
1: road to guide you. No. And actually, the real reason why I think I have such a a diversity of, of connections and that I walk into so many different industries where usually people like us don't even go is because I never had any makeup artists or wardrobe stylists that would take me under their wing. They have always looked at me as a competition when I had no idea what I was even doing.
0: Oh, you know what? <laughs> I love that you said that I love that you were honest about that because I've dealt with that Mm -hmm. and that is something that a lot of people don't really discuss and I'm so glad you discussed that and you know even in the diversity arena I, I know what you're talking about firsthand.
1: none of my sisters or brothers would reach their hand out and say Lamar how can I help you or you should maybe do things this way because i always take constructive criticism because right. i know i don't know everything right. and i strive for excellence right um however because of god and, and deciding that he's going to give me grace and blessings mm. he put open doors in places like i mean I, i've been to it pat and award show Why am I in an IT patent award show? I don't know. But when I I go, I put my best foot forward. And these people would say, I like you. I like what you're doing. I don't know how I can help you, but I would- I want to. So it was then that puts the responsibility on me to learn about what they do and learn their network and say, how can I uh, instruct this person on how to help me? So I always had to think outside the box. I never had a real um, guide. And this has helped me to be so personable because I always had to take everything for what it was. I couldn't just say, okay, here's a template.
0: Right. But you know what as I listen to you and I like I said I know firsthand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It it sounds like you've always been able to adapt in any environment you were in. Yes, I had you, to. You can you can place you anywhere and you were going to be good and fit in. Now with that being said, your confidence with yourself, you understand. And sometimes people can confuse confidence and cocking,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and think. But because I went through that, you know, when I walk in a room, it's like people feel like they know me.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's, right? that's, that's why we why connected.
0: But that's why we connected so
1: quickly. Yes.
0: Exactly. As soon as we walked in the room, it was like, "I want to sit with you. Sit down. It's a seat right here, darling. That's exactly." <laughs> what our energy was because we know our worth Mm -hmm. with that being said you do fall into situations where people don't pay you know escort you in they don't pave the way for you comfortably because they think you already have all the information you need so a lot of times I I did in the beginning have to kind of like I don't want to say dumb down but Dim my light a little bit just to get a little bit more information. Yes. you know, I, I would never let them know where I came from. <laughs> or sometimes where you I was can't going. do
1: that because then you don't, you
0: do not know
1: all the time when you are uh, looking or around an enemy or a teacher right. or a friend. Right. Oh, a lot of people quickly would say, oh, you think um you know too much, so now you're a threat.
0: Right. Like, they they can't handle the balance of you being humble enough to want to be in the room to learn, but also wise enough to throw in some suggestions. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't... I, I What I observed is a lot of people don't know how to deal with the balance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when... You know, we're, we're very humble. I think if they just give us a minute (laughs) they would see how humble we are but I think because we are still confident with ourselves and can speak up naturally Mm -hmm. not you know to be in competition with anybody but just you know a suggestion like you said I may not be in the tech world but I am knowledgeable on business
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and you've always been able to throw in you know, give feedback in areas just from a stylish, professional, confident, luxurious. <laughs> uh, you know, I when
1: I'm talking to my mentees, I always say the best thing you can do is play your position, mm. respect the authority. Mm hmm. Mm hmm always give a little extra and be opening to learn and this is how you propel into future opportunities
0: right right because you gotta respect the
1: boss you (laughs) gotta you gotta respect who's a you know um though I'm a CEO and though I have been I'm, I'm a creative director. Come on, let's I, talk about it. Yes, uh, come you on. Know, I'm usually in charge. Right. I know so, what you're going to say. You know, however, there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's been times where I have taken different positions where I am not the anchor or the lead. Yep. So that means, Lamar, you play your position unless mm-hmm. I see there is help warranted and needed. Then I can use my skills and assets to fill that gap in that hole. But I all and always make sure that you kind of wrap what you're doing as a supportive
0: role to the boss because the boss has to look good. And that is the key. You know how to be an excellent team player. Mm -hmm. All that you said, rather, you know, there's many departments of bosses. In yep. one corporation. And I think the way you just broke that down is what that looks like. At, you know, it's, a, it's bosses all over. But we have to know what our role is and stay in our lane. And if we need to be supportive in other areas, we could do that while also learning in that market as well. But we all collectively come together mm-hmm. as bosses, as a team. And that's me. I'm. I'm always been a team player, but I am a boss in my yes. department. You understand?
1: You know what
0: you know, and you're expert in your field. Right. Right. But I know, especially my client who is paying me. They run this.
2: <laughs> you <Yep>. understand?
0: <laughs> they run this. Like when I first started out. This is why I love talking to you, Lamar. <laughs> when I first started out. I remember I was like, okay, I went to be an entrepreneur and, and you be, when you're in that arena, you start to realize there's different types of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That's why I love what you said, because it's so factual. Even with you being a boss, you have to still understand that whoever's paying you is your boss mm-hmm. naturally. So I can still be a boss and be able to run Another company is like a chairman. They still have to deal with the stock market. You know, their mm-hmm. shareholders. They're, those are their bosses. <laughs> yeah. Rather they know them or not, they are investors. You understand? There's mm-hmm. always levels to everything. Mm-hmm. But you have to know your place. I want to ask you something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You have been visually... Like, I, 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 we talked about this the other day. You are a visionary Like, you can visually see what is possible, what um, can be lucrative in the future. <laughs> um, even though the era shows no sign of being prepared for that, but your vision on things is so good. What do you feel, what do you see to come in the fashion industry within maybe, Mm -hmm. I would say even two to five years. Like what do you visualize that can happen or will happen? Mm -hmm. What do you see? Well, and now this is a very good, very good
1: question because the way that the industry, and guys, when I'm saying the industry, I get an opportunity to look at the business of fashion. So I get a chance to talk to the marketing directors of Louis Vuitton and Gucci and uh, uh, Nordstrom's. And I get a chance to speak to the people who really run the business of
0: fashion. Right, right. They're just as lost as everyone. Oh my God, (laughs) do you see it though? Like the pandemic,
1: the, the reason is the pandemic the way that it has affected our economy has never happened before so when something has never happened before usually when we're looking into the future we look at the past and look at patterns and understand social construct Mm. but the pandemic has not only destroyed product and, and logistics but it's also changed the social construct of our consumers
0: Oh, talk about it. We are relearning everything. I love that you're saying we are relearning everything. That just gave me hope. (laughs) I don't know if if you heard that.
1: I think everyone,
0: you know, we're
1: in the storm, but we're coming out of the storm. And there is a hope because there is a resurgence. Mm. There's new Industry to make money off of cannabis, uh, right? Um,
0: fintech. um
1: thats financial tech technology, guys. I'm sorry. I'm. Thank
0: you. That. Yes, break that down. Break that down. <laughs> because this is a whole new is world. This just It's like, this, like the yes. internet starting all over again.
1: Indeed, it's it's a different industrial revolution. Yes. The pandemic has forced society to. Ten years ahead, mm. so what we were planning before, we had to take our ten-year plans and make it now.
0: You know what? You have you ain't lying. We had to. You
1: ain't lying. I was not a digit. My business is so personal that I was like, I did not need the digital space. Right. Once the pandemic hit, I had to learn. Not only the digital space, but then I had to identify how the couture man was going to be represented in the right. digital space. Right. So, and I didn't have years, like I thought I did, to create and, and understand this. I had to say, honey, you're going to be poor and broke ass if you don't get it together. So right. you, said, you got can't go nowhere Not new yorkers we were locked up so i was like well i guess i'm on this
0: computer learning <laughs> and, and that's where we were that's where it got to where okay what do we do now how do we you know promote our brands how do we get to a market but you know what i realized the this has already been going on yeah but it was like, slow it would slow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we were really paying attention to it. Like, you know what is so funny? And I, I always have this conversation with, you know, fashion creators and stylists and stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw the change in the fashion industry about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I saw it heading down a direction with no clue of Where we was gonna go, and the first moment of that was Alexander McQueen last show, where he was his personal last show, and they did it on YouTube. (laughs) Lamar, (laughs) can we talk? That's what we do here on Fat. Let's talk. Listen, I think creatives
1: were not perfect. The, 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 uh, I think the fundamental, um, the fundamental oppor- the fundamental obstacle with the fashion industry is understanding how do we include tech in the betterment of what we do, and it's not easy because what we do is a one-on-one personal interactive experience. But right. have to find ways of using technology to enhance our reach and the customer experience. So I'm learning this as I go. Like right. I'm incorporating virtual styling in what we do. Right. Because I cannot right. be around most of my wealthy clients are away. They are not here in New York City. They're in their
0: third or second home in the Hamptons. Do they ever stay put? <laughs> like well,
2: they, they're they always seasons.
0: traveling. They well, have a yeah. But they do life. have seasons, like
1: right. Um, like born in the winter, the real money are snowbirds. We all go to Florida and Palm Beach and stuff, and and that's where we are. And then we right go back to New York, and then we're in the Hamptons and stuff like that holiday we're usually here in the city right um so they usually have a pattern but this pandemic has disrupted that patterns of how do be
0: planned when we don't even know what we're planning right and then it's a process getting your clientele used to that yes you understand like we're even trying to adapt to it but then it's like allowing your clients to feel comfortable and trusted, and feel like, why do I need this? You know, right. I remember I was representing photographers and the minute the phone camera <laughs> came out mm-hmm. and, you know, iPhone started adding these lens and these, you know, filters and stuff. I started looking, I, I really started having meetings with my team saying, listen, We're in a different era where people are not going to need our services for that. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And sure enough, you know, I remember, you know, you would rent these $80,000 movie cameras and all of that. (laughs) And now, and then people start making videos on their phones.
1: Which is, and and it's been amazing. But see, one thing that, that one thing that saves us is that that doesn't come with the talent and knowledge mm. of how to use it properly. Say
2: so that, that again. is Say what that again. saves
1: us in our industries because yes. they don't. I mean, you
0: may have the technology but how do you use it properly? How do you use it? Because everybody is not te- technically prepared to even know how to use it.
1: Or have the experience right. and the talent because right
0: still all of those things create professionals. Right. I, You know what? It's, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like this era don't consider talent anymore. They just base it off of if I see someone else do it, I'll do it and just post it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the nature of how far they are invested in building a craft or anything. Like, you know, I want to actually you were so taught like you said no mm-hmm. one paved the way for you so but you invested in yourself rather that was with time experience you invested that time and energy
2: yes <laughs> do
0: you think you know what i mean That like, do you think like this era have the same mindset to give that much investment in themselves, like everyone think everything can be done so fast and and without even having the skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that
1: they are waking up to realize that that's not how it works. You know, they're young and when you're young and you have all of these resources and it, it always looks easy because you're not in that person's shoes and you usually don't see the back end. Right, right. Um, You know, the, I was talking to a, a, a young woman who just turned 21. Very bright girl. And she said something to me that was so funny. She was like, you know, I was thinking I was going to do this, this, and this, and that by this age and this age. And I'm realizing, like, there's so much more to everything that I want to do. I said, that is the
0: key. You're already that
1: here. You're already ahead of a lot of your peers because
0: you understand you understand that i like how you broke that down mm-hmm. you
1: understand that there's a lot more into it and um you know uh society has done an injustice not only to us but all of the generations come after on. us come on there is no oh by 32 you are supposed to have this and you better do it this way and that way of living is done. It over with.
0: is. It was done in our era when we was younger. Yes. Um, but but our I, parents- I remember feeling mm-hmm. that way. I remember feeling exactly how she felt by 25. I wanted to make $150,000 mm-hmm. a year. Like this was the vision and it was all about the look of it. And I see that here in this era too but like you said that young lady was so wise Mm -hmm. enough to reach a point to realize oh there's a lot attached yes and
1: (laughs) they are I I will say this like I have always been ahead of my time I have always been a savvy um, young person however our younger generations are brilliant they are full of talent they are not scared and it was, it, it's our job to foster that. It's our job to give them platforms. It's our job to be the guidance that they need to be successful. We are stewards of our industry. and if I like not, how
0: you say that. Yes,
1: because we're supposed to be bringing them up. And it's things that we know that are foundations to success. Right. These are the tools that they're going to need to apply to their lives and their
2: dreams
1: to get to their next level. And in, in my case, I feel as though that my mother and my mother's generation did not give us the tools.
2: That right, they got and, from and they their may generation. not have had it
1: either. No, you they know? got it from their generation. See, in, in my mind, our parents were more like, "We're going to give you." Things that we didn't have, however, yeah. Things that you did have are foundational. Oh, <laughs> they're foundation. They, you gotta give us the foundational tools to be aware. Of. Like we have to deal with racism, sexism, right, uh, right. Uh, right, and and you have to understand that a lot of things are not forward in your face. They're underlined. They're 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 Ooh. you know. Oh, so
0: now you're going there. (laughs) Now you're going there. (laughs) Yes. So you have to, if you don't have the tools to work with, you're at a disadvantage. Which is so important. Like you said, there's so many different things that can block you. Mm -hmm. So the foundation. Well, let's not say block. Let's say obstacle. Obstacles. I like that. There's so many obstacles that will come naturally. It has nothing to do with you personally. You know what I mean? It's just the color of your skin and the the sex that you were born. Yeah, but (laughs) that that foundation will keep you going. It will motivate you no matter what. And I, I love how you broke that down because basically you were saying, no matter what the era is Mm -hmm. the foundation stays the same
1: it has to that's how you create
0: legacy and heritage Mm. that's why old money is old money can we talk can we talk about that because that is the market we target and I think a lot of people don't know the difference and when old money they just think of money but when we Think of old money and new money. We think of mindset because
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's very different. It's I always different. tell people: look at Europe and then
1: look at Asia, mm. Asia and the Middle East. That's new money. That's why everything for them is flashy and oh, they brand. They like Black America. With Black come Americans on. have money, they want everybody to know. I mean, it's poor people that look richer than me. <laughs>
0: I'll be come like, on. you got on. like five thousand. Where you living? We're <laughs> you about to get on the train with all that money on you? Well, all that. Let me tell you something. Okay, this girl, is girl. I love right.
2: you, fabulous.
0: But but you know what? We I think us being raised in um, you're in Jersey, that's still New York. <laughs> no,
2: no, but you were born in South
0: Jersey is
1: more Philadelphia. Really? Yes, South Jersey is Philadelphia is our anchor. North Jersey, New York is the Inca got you Mm -hmm. okay and i'm from south jersey camden is right across the bridge from uh philadelphia and i want you to understand camden is like a root and it's like uh afghanistan it's like a bombed out city wow it is um drugs and and and, and and warfare among the community and in poverty and in um, all, you know, it was like the murder capital of the United States for years and all of that. So when my clients find out that that is where I was born and raised at, they're like, wow. how are you who you are now? I'm like, uh, I've been exposed because my cousins haven't been exposed and you can see the direction of our lifestyles.
0: You know what? I love that you tapped into that because that's basically kind of I, like my story. I'm born and raised in Harlem,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and but that's I, fabulous.
1: What? Still, even though Harlem, you know, Harlem, well, you not know, have style innately bred in y'all there.
0: Yes, but even in uh, amongst us growing up in the 80s, you know, I grew up in the era where there was crackheads. Mm-hmm. You understand? But our crackheads were fly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> our crackheads were stylish, baby. They kept their rent together, oh no matter goodness. how they got it. Um, They would fly with their sideburns and their jewelry, like, because it was an image thing. But me being born and raised in Harlem, I was exposed to the different Lifestyles, mm-hmm. the mindset. Um, my family was from the west side, but when my mother first got her apartment, or actually when we lived with my grandmother, she moved to the east side.
2: Mm.
1: That's different.
0: So you get what I mean. <laughs> that's, east
1: and west is different here in that's New York. Old now.
0: money and new money, and Yo. that's how I grew up knowing. Like on the west side, that's new money. Everyone mm-hmm. is flashy. Everyone is wanting to show lights, camera, action the east side is more quiet old money Mm -hmm. they know to stay low (laughs) they know to you know keep it quiet hold your money stay humble don't be flashy don't let everyone know what you got so I always had a taste of the best of both worlds Um, my family was from 112 I had family who lived up on 145th street but when that 110th street that split us. Mm-hmm. That's money and then that's the hood. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I mean? So that, that thin yep. line where Central Park starts yep. is where- It changes
1: we, the, the whole dynamic, dynamic. of your living
0: experience changes. Everything, the lifestyle. Now you yeah. got a doorman. Over here we got security guards, yep. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a mind, I learned from living in that type of environment that old money and new money is more a, of a mindset. Mm. And that was something I feel like what you say you were from. That was our gift. Mm. Well, to- I lived in
1: Camden's, but I, but my mom had always found a way for me to go to school outside of Camden. I love this. So I was the only black kid Hattonfield is a very, very, very wealthy, wealthy suburb in South Jersey. And I went to middle school there. I was the only black in the whole school. But it was crazy because after school, everyone's getting picked up by their family members or whatever and going into the community. And I'm jumping on the damn train back to the hood
0: right but if
2: you were always, able to yeah I was always a white boy you speak too good
1: you must be white you get all these good grades you must be white I'm like I go to the white school that's it <laughs> that's it but and my cousin but I was always doubt. the fighter I was always the fighter I was always a what um, are you telling my business <laughs> Yeah, I, I was a fighter I didn't play that I was always there for my family so even so that part of me was able to develop too. Like, I right. walk, I still walk to Camden, New Jersey, and I can have my and Gucci on, and nobody's going to bother me.
2: And I, I, I wish someone would. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I go anywhere. It doesn't matter. I go to the hood, I go to Beverly Hills. I will be able to fit in because, in my mind, I belong on this planet.
0: Ooh, <laughs> I do. That is a gift and a blessing to embody that mindset. Like everything is about mindset with Mm. me. You know what I mean? Um, I want to ask you because you've been exposed to many worlds, you know, many environments. What do you feel about, you know, we are celebrating Juneteenth coming up when we really start to get our freedom. Well, mentally, because technically it was six months before we was even released as slaves. Um, We was not supposed to be slaves. But our mindset
1: Well, shit, we still fighting that now, girl. We so, still
0: fighting so. it now. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. I, I don't want to, you know, we still fighting it now.
1: This mindset is different.
0: Mindset is different. <laughs> but this is what I want to talk about.
1: Mm, okay.
0: What we celebrating because i wanted you here i always highlight black creatives anyway but i wanted to and we
1: appreciate it and we need you to continue to do that
0: oh my god it was done for me and i have i know i have to continue to do it for others and really make it clear how amazing um our culture is and and Mm -hmm. what we bring to the table with everything going on right now with you know black business being now a trend and when i say a trend because i want to see how consistent <laughs> do you
1: understand what i mean lamar oh I, cow, I, it's a trend girl it's is a it trend. I,
0: that's why i'm saying a trend because consistency is everything mm, and exactly how do you feel about this Rave that's going on with Buy Black and Support Black. Mm-hmm. What do you feel we, as Black African American creative artists, stylists, fashion gurus, mm-hmm. what do you feel we need to do or can do to keep this trend at a standstill?
1: Well, not as a stance that you mean, keep, make it more, not a trend, but a lifestyle, a lifestyle, a uh,
0: lifestyle.
1: Yes. I think that the black professional needs to always stand up for what's right and always keep the door open. Mm. I think the black entrepreneur needs to understand there's a standard of quality quality and service that mm. money be respected and adhered to all the time. I always tell people I do business like white people, honey. That means I want it right. contracts, right, money, right, deposits, right. Um, why you hate ha-
2: using,
0: but that's no, the only no, thing no. That we this understand. Is, we do This is why I wanted to talk to way. you about this. <laughs> this is why I want to talk to you. Coming from two black professional
2: mm-hmm.
0: fashionable creators um with al- yes we've always held a certain standard
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and like you said we hate saying you know I want to move like a white person but in our culture sometimes we do get laxated we like we get very comfortable um, with our own people mm-hmm. don't feel that we need to give as much.
1: Um, when and this a, is also a lack of knowledge, dear. It's just a lot, sometimes it's just a lack of knowledge. They I just agree. don't know. Like you can be an
0: entrepreneur, but you you don't know what you're doing. And that's why I always said I'm. It, there's a difference between a boss and an entrepreneur. Some people love the title but don't wanna really carry out the responsibilities.
1: Oh yeah, it's a hell that, of a
0: responsibility. You, it's a <laughs> hell of a lot. And and that's why in the beginning we was even saying, we still have a boss. You mm-hmm. understand? Because there's so much attached to it. It's not just a title where I'm a boss, I'm a boss. No, I have to be mentally, financially um, and professional and consistent. Being responsible for a business, a brand, yeah. a reputation, um, and I, I gotta be consistent with that.
1: Yes, consistency and transparency,
0: transparency and
1: quality assurance. Mm. These things are keys to victory. They right. are keys to victory. You know, I has I've been blessed enough be taught in the top percentage of what we do. I I worked for major makeup brands, so I understand how to take care of makeup, how to do different faces. Um, Most artists haven't worked for different as many different type of brands as I have right what has set me apart in makeup was I can do any face in any style I can do beauty I can do I mean I've done videos for makeup artists I've done fashion week so these type of things help you with uh having the ability to set yourself apart but I also understand what is the top tier standards. So hmm. I strive for the top tier standards and then I um cultivate what's going to set me apart. Right. And only right. you can figure that out. That oh, <laughs> only you can figure that out. But the standard is- you, you can't is the Google that. You nope. can't. But the standard is the standard. Right. Like the foundation. Yes. Like Atlanta. Love Atlanta. It's black mecca and I love it. But they don't understand the standards of fashion. I hate going to fashion events or even just regular events in Atlanta because to me it's the New York Chitlin circuit. Oh. Really? Yeah because See, they I've never who been... they have who do they have that is a like, Fashion Week is the standard for fashion events. Right. If you've never worked in Fashion Week or behind the scenes of Fashion Week, you do not understand all of the things that
0: it takes to get to right. the standard. Right. Right. You know? And, but now that's why I, I'm i glad you said that because it, it takes me back to where I was saying do we know where the fashion industry is going mm-hmm. and i feel because and and you let me know if you agree with this amara mm-hmm. we exposed the public to too much mm-hmm. behind the scene of the fashion industry where they still didn't really grasp what was going on like i i felt once we start allowing the Love and Hip Hops to come to Fashion Week, or we start putting the shows on YouTube um, and not really um, keeping it in house to the market and to the industry mm-hmm. that it's catering to. It, it got to a point where I remember going to Fashion Week, and I would be sitting next to a person who was a UPS driver. Ooh. Why? Because <laughs> it became too open. Mm hmm. You know what i mean it became too public any and everybody was able to go and be able to get in a tent without any credentials
1: you you are it was one
0: thing about us also who you know who you know Um, i think that what you're
1: saying is it, it has um some truth in it however i would like to add a lens to that yes we do not educate them what they're looking at or what the expectations are.
0: Right. We just show, a, a, it. show it to them. Yes. But don't have a clear breakdown. Now, and, and I like that you said this while I'm talking to you because when we talk <laughs> you spark so much thought. Um, oh gosh. Even when, when we were growing up, when we was in the fashion industry, even the, it could have been on those public access channels. You had behind the scene programs
2: mm-hmm.
0: that showed you even the photo shoot like who was who and how that magazine shoot even but it was educational it was educational you these understand? are not
1: educational these are for entertainment so of course yes! it's, it's a different this is what I mean about intent and purpose because the intent is not to bring them into the industry the intent is to entertain them about the industry that's why i don't got no meaning to it
0: (laughs) and and that's why i think the fashion oh my god you hit it on the nail that's why i think the fashion industry is struggling because they they weren't strategic on how they presented the information out there they just put it out there like you said for entertainment you don't
1: think that they just made the wrong I don't think they weren't strategic I just think they made the wrong strategic move because they got their point across the point was to
0: entertain and what they have done is entertain with that entertainment came the loss of consumers purchasing well
1: that's why I said it was the wrong maybe they just made the wrong move you right. They, I, right. You know, um, I think what's happened now is everything is going to get pulled back. It's going to be more, um, you, not uniformed, but you're going to really have to have credentials now to get right. into Fashion Week. Um, New York Fashion Week was dying out completely, and it was about to be a complete flop. So the pandemic has saved it. you know what
0: you're right
1: yeah because what it did is made all the fashion weeks after now reimagine themselves paris london and milan are the top fashion weeks of the world new york used to be a part of it but for the last seven years we've been waning
0: do Um, you think be after i I felt also after we left bryant park
1: well yeah i mean that yeah that's about seven years right 10 years? I, I, I think I'm, it's probably 10. A little bit more. I'm always horrible. Yeah,
0: like, I think it's... I
1: always it's, try not to do too big because that means I'm old. You got
0: to tell I ain't? <laughs> that was a decade ago, and I'm like, shit. Don't say
1: that, bro.
0: Like, they're going are just like, old. <laughs> Telling all our business. Yes, all of but, it. But, you know, I... It, I love going back to that moment because that was the most beautiful moment. Like I remember going to the baby fat fashion show, and that was kind of one of the hip first hip hop, urban, urban, yeah. um, fashion markets where we were in the building. That's when yeah. they start allowing us and the Jay Zs, the Beyonces, attending the fashion
2: show
1: they were like honey it's money in here it's
0: money let's,
1: in the, here. We, let's bring them along because we can make money off of them right. the only time you get people's attention is money or their lives that's right. the only thing that affects people is right.
0: you're affecting their money or their life it is just different now um even with this big thing on diversity which I'm very happy. Oh let me stop laughing at that. No, you we gotta go in. What is your thoughts? I wanna hear. I wanna hear <laughs> uh,
1: it's almost like the politicians. There is no tangibles mm. in what they are offering. So you say you have a inversity a diversity and inclusion director or manager. So now what does that mean? Does that mean that you're just gonna hire some more black people for the mediocre jobs? Or does it mean mean that the black people you have, you're gonna move them up into the executive suite? Mm. Does it mean that you're gonna make room on your shareholders board so that we can now be part, we can be on the board of shareholders? Can we talk about it? I love this. Are you looking at black,
0: uh, a black CEO? Right,
1: right. are you giving money to our historical black colleges in the industry that you are, so you can develop the next wave? What are you doing? Where's the money going? Come and on, who is being accountable for the money? Because I want to know. know you're giving millions of dollars, but I don't know who is counting that millions of dollars and who is telling you where it should go because it ain't none of us from our community so how are you
0: gonna tell me what I need when you don't even know nothing about me it's it's now I love that you said that and I love the avenues that you show concern on because those are one of the most important things that will really contribute to having diversity and inclusivity in the work environment. When the whole Gucci thing had exploded and at that time I, you know, Dapper Dan had just got um to be part of the whole Gucci platform, but he it just
1: was, got his atelier. Right,
0: mm-hmm. he just got his atelier and he just um he was still doing custom. He wasn't like officially the designer Mm -hmm. for Gucci. There was a a completely different designer. But he's the one because he was Black um, and and he was bringing so much media to them that they basically blamed him for everything. Yes. Oh, my God. Even in Harlem, everyone was you know pressuring him to leave um you should not take that deal anymore uh, we we
1: don't know business so you never listen to us about Oh business. my
0: God. and this is what I said in my podcast. Exactly
1: what he was supposed to do it, go challenge them to make him feel better That's what he did and that's what they did
0: And that's what they did but I also observed with <laughs> him being in the building mm-hmm. and when I say in the building I mean also sitting at the table Yeah we the only we, one of us, the only that one he us. was able to vouch for us, he was able to stand up and, like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to explain, and I'm gonna need y'all to put up some money. Yep, to really prove that y'all are apologetic to this situation. Indeed, so much came out of that, and I, mm-hmm. I witnessed it. So, Dap, I really give him so much props for that's it. Allowing... An I- that's an icon, icon. He, and he took I that on his back. He took that on his shoulder. He had Gucci come to his atelier in Harlem and break it down and say, now what money are y'all going to put up? And he even had events. That's where I, I connected with him and got his mindset at Macy's. And it was fashion row. They, they was all there trying to really get a clear vision of where do we go from here. Yeah. From the Gucci standpoint, I do feel that they did invest. hmm um, put back into the communities. They went to Africa. They went to you know Harlem. They did start hiring and doing training and educating more Black Latino kids into the fashion industry. They well, made a impactful start. Very impactful start. But like you said, some of the things that you mentioned are we are still lacking because and and that's why you need diversity because. If you're not going to empower the people that you bring into the building now for this diversity and in- inclusivity to be more of aware in and, and the office place, you have to give them the power to be able to speak up and say, "Don't create that line. That is defensive." Mm-hmm. Yep. We can't just sit in, in the, the room. Most
1: of the stuff that these fools do is because there is not diversity in the room. It's
0: just white right. people. and even but even when they're in the room they still don't feel powered empowered to speak on what is inappropriate you know it's like oh well you may be too racist or you taking it too far we're still Mm -hmm. dealing with not having the proper dialogue
1: well that's something that's going to take centuries probably
0: to really go and that's what we're dealing with that's that's why i want to know like how far can we go with this diversity i think it's up to us like Mm. um, it always is yeah well listen
1: the country is the country because of us come on immigrants have all of their rights and women have all their rights off of the backs of black america's blood and suffering any rights anyone else has but white people come because we have fought and died and pleaded and, and cried and prayed. and right. It's off of us. Right. Now, whether people like to... I don't think that our immigrant communities, brothers and sisters, really understand that because the white people don't understand it and the white people control the narrative. Right. And when I say white people, we have some amazing uh, allies in the white community.
0: We really so, do. We really, really yeah. do.
1: So I don't want... I don't, maybe I shouldn't say white people, but white privilege and white power, white supremacy. Mm. Those mm. are the people that I'm talking, um, that I'm talking about. Right. Um, not white people as in general, you right. know. I do think that what I can say about white people in general is that they do subscribe to a uh, silent, type of movement which I think that if you're silent then you're usually that's more of um, okaying what's going on if you're not speaking against it Right, but that that will come I believe in time as we start learning more about each other because they're just as lost as we are about history because the United States has lied to everyone right right
0: I feel like I always said that in every culture black white Asian Indian wherever Mm-hmm. Um, we all have some inappropriate mindsets on the, because we're not Bias. aware. <laughs> you know, we all have I, biases, right? Yes, we all are because we're not aware of everyone's culture, mm-hmm. and it, and it is like a, a separation, and that's why at times I do feel we have to highlight when things are inappropriate so we can learn mm-hmm. how to respect each other more. um it's been plenty of time. I went to, you know, um privileged people homes, and they can have a statue that can represent that a uh, place where they traveled and they loved the culture, and they wanted to bring something home to remind them of that. But when I walk in there, I'm offended. <laughs>
1: okay, my hey girl, what is
0: this? What is this? You know, so. Once you have respect for people, it creates a, a, a respectful dialogue where y'all can teach each other. Yeah. You know. And
1: that's what it is, uh, Sharonda, I believe that we have to be able to allow each other to speak, but listen. Right. And right. sometimes it may not be your intent, but once you listen to the effect that it's caused. You should then be able to say, I was in the wrong and I will do better. Because right. the only way an apology works is if you change what if you change.
0: That's it. Once you learn, you have to change. You can't stay the same. I I have an example, um, my husband, you know, we live in, in Harlem at the time, and you know, you have your bodegas and mm. you have the A-Rap. You know, um, men owning the bodegas and stuff. So a lot of our um, black men and culture, they use the term "ak" when they're walking into these bodegas, dealing with these um, Arab men, mm-hmm. and and their term in the black culture, black men think that is representing brother. Mm-hmm. I'm calling when I say "hey ak," I'm calling brother, mm-hmm. and. I remember expressing to my husband, like, what asked him, what does that mean? He was like, That's like saying brother. I said, Are you sure? Because it doesn't sound like brother. And like it doesn't sound like that's what it feels. It sounds derogatory. So he was like, nah, it means brother. So one day he, I guess it penetrated his mind. He was like, let me ask him. He was like, you know, when I say to you, I, you know, my wife was saying, like, it seems like it's offensive when I say that and the man said listen to your wife she's right
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that was a moment my husband understand culture and appropriation
2: mm-hmm.
0: you understand in his mind he's thinking he's greeting him calling him brother mm-hmm. but the A Rap man is considering is offensive
2: mm-hmm.
0: I know what you mean but the reality of what it is to me it's offensive mm-hmm. so I think culture appropriation plays a role in all of our culture mm-hmm. um, but if we don't create some type of dialogue to discuss it we won't learn mm-hmm.
1: and what, we keep making the same that's why the past is still important because mm-hmm. you learn from the those are the teaching moments
0: right those are and a, a lot of people <laughs> don't open their minds to learn and this is why I think some people are like just stuck in one time. You've—it's such a pleasure to talk with you. Like Likewise. I, <laughs> you know, I can go on and on forever, but I know you have an extremely busy day, <laughs> as we, we all
2: do. I'm sure everyone has do. things to I, do. I had
0: to look and say, you know, I was saying this is only going to be thirty minutes, but how no, are you I'm 30? glad that it, no, I gave you more.
1: I, I was, you know, I, I would not. Um, hold anyone to a 30-minute conversation, especially when we are talking about things that affect our community and our right. industry.
0: Right. And it's so empowering to speak to someone, an African-American, who have paved the way not only for himself but for others. You are an image that I feel many of us need to witness to know. Oh my goodness. This is the way to go this is the blueprint of how it should look how a person should feel dealing with you and I'm so appreciative to you from the time I met you to even this minute right now because your consistency um all that you've done all that you contribute to the fashion industry is just appreciative I have to really say that because you've been consistent and you're taking it on the next level. What can our audience expect from you now and in the future for the contour man lifestyle? Like what
1: well you expect it will be a lot more well right now I'm dealing with my clients on more of a client relations type of deal right. where I am helping them elevate their standards in certain aspects so some of them i have some social entrepreneurs they've been looking for investors or new accounts Mm. my network is kind of global now so i'm talking to the uae i'm talking to peru i'm so i'm talking to these um
0: other entities how blessed so, are you?
1: God, I told you it's God. How do I how do I know someone in the UAE, one of the government officials, through Come a client on. of mine Come who on. I've had for years and didn't even know that he was like Lamar? I think I'm gonna introduce you to the to um my people in the UAE because they need to know you. I'm like, shit, okay. I love that. <laughs> they need to know you. <laughs> you know, and and that's
2: that, that amazing thing
1: um i am going to also start doing um more uh interaction with uh luxury residencies Mm. luxury residencies and developers and um you and i will be doing some
0: things soon too surprise (laughs) we're gonna wait to the last minute but i got out the back me and this amazing person will be doing some big things in the future contracts have been signed we are doing amazing things so stay tuned to that um if you could just give them like a sniffing of what it's like being in your presence and working with you wow okay I already know, but I
1: just want them to get a taste. But what I do is I try to develop an atmosphere of uh, security, an atmosphere of high expectation, and an atmosphere of being knowledgeable in what I'm doing. And so that you can say, I don't have to worry about that because I know that Lamar and his team is handling it. So now you can concentrate on something else.
0: I love that, and that makes such an amazing team. Based on how I am as well, you have New York City locked. We both <laughs> oh come God. from the city. So what I'm trying to do, guys, is escort him, bring sprinkle. Not a little what she's bit trying to
1: do. What she is doing.
0: Yes, I <laughs> I need for the contour man to come up here and sprinkle some of his. Lessons on the Catskills because he's been doing it in the city, he's been doing it in Hampton. Now, the Catskills need a little taste of that. So, we have a few projects that we're you know preparing for. So, guys, stay tuned Mm -hmm. to that. I just had to let you see and get a glimpse of who I'm bringing in the building. (laughs) Oh, my goodness! Uh,
1: The partnership with you is amazing.
0: Oh
1: my God. I, I love to be able to do um, innovative, um, intimate, yes. uh, tailored
0: uh, work with us. Because so- that's what we specialize in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what we <laughs> specialize in. We are so unique. And that's what our clientele love about us. They love that we bring this unique feel and mood and vibe that is untouchable never seen or felt before and that's what we're preparing for i don't want to give you guys too much <laughs> um because you know this is a gift to be able to
1: exactly
0: something did we
1: get off oh. <laughs> You went off and you went in and
0: out. I'm sorry. A call was coming in. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to it's get her guys. Right. <laughs> Technical difficulties. But, um, we have so much in the making and I'm excited to be able to lay the foundation. Like we said earlier, lay the foundation out with you. Someone on such a luxurious level like you just bring that beauty that gold that platinum the diamonds you bring it to the table and i can't wait for our clientele to get a taste of both of us at the same time so everyone stay tuned and before we hang up i just can you let the audience know where they can find you where they can get information on you where they can stalk you because i know they are <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well the website is thecoutureman.com. T
0: h e c o u t u
1: r e m a n t h e c o u t u r e m a n.com say
0: that say that one more time
1: the katourman.com t h e c o u t u R E M A N dot com. And on Instagram, we are the Couture Man LLC. And even on LinkedIn, there's
0: the Couture Man
1: LLC as well.
0: I love it. I love you. You are amazing. Um, please, guys, follow this amazing man, The Couture Live, when I say he will change your life. He will make you feel fabulous, make you look fabulous, and just really get to the root of what it is that you need to be a better you. So please find him, stalk (laughs) him, but just don't take him away from me. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Sharonda, I want to thank you so much for having me on, introducing me to your people.
2: Thank Um, you
1: being so um, inviting and really showcasing black
0: excellence.
1: Yes. And professionalism.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And I say the same about you. And we, like I said, we have so much to look forward to, guys. Fashion Week is coming up. Trust us, we got you. Oh, I may
1: be doing something for Fashion oh, Week. Yeah. I, I yeah, just yeah. had a very, very, very amazing call with one of the luxury developers here in the city. Yeah, um, I will give Sharonda the 411 once paperwork is signed. I told you I got to do it like white people yeah, contract. Exactly. got to get signed first. <laughs>
0: That's what keep it professional. That's what keep it going. And also, they come with budgets. We hey, love that. Somebody got to pay me. Somebody got to pay. And it looks, it looks good. Wait till you guys see him. But oh, the looks God. good. But you got to have that budget. The budget, it helps a lot. It's, it's amazing to see how far you've come, and I'm excited to see how further you're gonna go. I really am. So thank you so much. Stay focused. And when you get that information, when he gives me the 411, he'll be back. Because we're yeah. going to have so much to talk about and to promote to you guys. So just stay tuned and be excited as we are. And welcome and thank you for coming to Fashion Less Talk. I am your host, Sharonda. And we had an amazing guest, tomorrow for The Couture Life. And stay tuned. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>
2: Bye.